Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. This is England is Burning for Monday, October the 11th, 2021. This is your Manchester United Women Weekly feature. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today and a lot to talk about for the week ahead. We have Mark back with the Manchester United Women's Supporters Club uh, after a very, very eventful a lot of ups and downs, a lot of positives and negatives to sort out with uh, the Manchester Derby on Saturday. I, I have my own set of frustrations, and I'm sure Mark does as well. But there are a lot of positives to take away uh, from this. Mark, welcome back. Hey, Keith. Thanks for having me. How are you doing on a, on this Monday after this this particular Derby? Uh, I'm all right. I've rewatched it. Um, as annoyed, uh, I think. I'm more annoyed about Saturday's game than I was about the uh, loss to Chelsea 6-1. But I'm all right. It's a game of football at the end. It is a game of football. But there, but, yeah, no. but there are annoyances in there. Yeah, I understand. I understand. <laughs> Did you feel any better? I, I, You know, after reviewing, after watching the match, I haven't watched it back, but um, did you feel better, the same, or worse after you watched the game back? Worse, worse. Yeah, I figured you did. I figured if you, if my my thought process when I was when I was watching this is like if Mark rewatches this thing on television, you know, with full concentration, yeah. you know, he's going to feel worse about how this yeah, result no, played out. Absolutely, um, absolutely. I came. I didn't watch it on Saturday. I, we came in after the game, and I thought, you know what? I'm just not. I'm going to take myself away from it. I'm going to watch something else. And yesterday afternoon, um, there was nothing on. I couldn't find anything to watch, so I thought, right, I'll watch it now. And I wish, I really wish, I hadn't. Mm. Being honest, but I did. I put my, I put myself through it. But you know, it, it's one of those games. It's the biggest frustration to rewatch a game after you afterwards, um, and then you see what you saw at the game. You relive it, and it, it wasn't great to rewatch it. But in a way, I'm kind of glad I did. Yeah, I mean, you. I mean, anytime you watch something through a second time, you end up picking some things maybe that you saw differently, or or you, some sometimes it's you confirm what you believe from the first, and sometimes yeah. you're, you know, you find out that maybe you were not correct in in uh, in your thinking. So you could be one way or the other. So let's start with how this. So let's start with the line. Let's start up with the lineups first. Um, and so forth, because I, I think there was a lot of confidence, some degree of confidence going into this particular derby, given the form that Manchester United was in versus the form that Manchester City was in, uh, you know, and they were kind of going in different directions um, in terms of uh, a form. And there's so many injuries on the Manchester City side, particularly in their back line. Uh, so but again, as we've always talked about since we started doing the show and talking about the derby is that you throw all that out. You yeah. know, it's it, it, you throw it out, and so in my mind, as I was watching this at home, and by the way, I had to I had to pretend I was living in Manchester because I, you know, I had to do the whole VPN thing and had to, you know, somehow, you know, put in a postal code for, you know, someplace in Manchester. I I don't know where in Manchester. I think it was probably Old Trafford or something. I don't know, but um, but it worked. So I was able to watch it on the iPlayer on BBC, but unfortunately it was not something I could easily watch in the US. But that's beside the point. So I, I wondered when you, we saw the lineup of, you know, we got Mary Erbson in Goldtoning as usual. 
I uh, had the back line of Blundell on the left, center backs, uh, Toysatir and uh, Alfie Manon playing against your old squad. And on the right, uh, Batille, uh, midfield setup of Kitty Zellum, Gronin, and um, Elatoon kind of in the sort of the middle. So it was a 4 2 3 1 kind of setup from the start. Again, it shifts while a game is being played per Skinner's system. But uh, and then I uh, had Leah Galton on the left wing, eight and uh, Hansen on the right wing up front uh, with Elisa Russo getting the start at you know the forward position. So, what did you think of this lineup? Did you how many did you get? Um, uh, so I got 10 out of 11. The the only player I didn't have in was Kirsty Hansen. I had Lucy Stan starting. I actually thought he would have gone with the same starting 11 against that he played against Birmingham that he would have done against uh, City. Um, what do I think of the lineup? Once I heard the City lineup, I was, I you know, I, I thought he'd gone very attacking. Uh, you know, when you consider they had uh, City had Georgia Stanway playing at right back, she's a midfielder. They had Jill Scott playing at centre-back. She's a midfielder. You had Alex Greenwood forming United, but her position is predominantly left-back, playing at centre-back. And they had Demi Stokes playing in her natural position at left-back. So actually, I was I was very impressed with, with the starting lineup. Lessie getting two starts on the bounce. She played 70, a good 71 minutes at Birmingham. This was her step up to, to hopefully completing a, a full 90. Um, and I think most of the people we I was stood with at the game, we were all like, he's going for this. He's not going defensively. He's not going to pack out the midfield. He's he's taking City on. He's at, at the right time. You know, as I said, Kersey on the right, Lear on the left, two out and out wingers that we speak about all the time who have got pace, power and, 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 and uh, strength to hold the ball. And, and Lessie, who is an out and out, centre forward to, to trouble two two defenders who aren't who two central defenders who aren't defenders. So very impressed with that. And then you had Tooney playing the number ten role. So I was I was more than happy with that that starting eleven. Yeah, I, I thought really the lineup was um, was brilliant uh, because given everything, given the juggling act that Garrett Taylor had to do, uh, though I, you know, in defense of Garrett Taylor, and, and everyone knows how I feel about him as a manager right now, but but given you know, he, I mean, he, I think his lineup was pr- probably the best lineup that he could have put out there given the injuries and and the form that 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 the team would his team was in um, and, you know, putting, having to put people like Jill Scott in an unfamiliar position and Alex Greenwood in an unfamiliar, but capable position, um, just kind of, you know, doing it with duct tape, switching out, um, you know, switching out Bunny Shaw instead of Ellen White to start, you know, yeah. because, you know, uh, um, Bunny Shaw is kind of, even though she's very new to the system, but also is more of a physical presence, a physical force, uh, and has been probably in better form than Ellen White is currently right now. So, uh, but going back to United, Mark Skinner comes out with a, just a very strong, you know, we're going to put you, we're going to try to put you on the back foot and make you have to defend us. We're not going to sit back and have to defend you. Uh, and so that brings me to the tactics of, of the first 30 or 30 or so minutes, actually the 35 minutes leading up to the red card that happened in the 35th yeah. minute, Georgia Stanway being, um, being uh, straight red 
you know, card. We'll get to that event in a minute. But I thought Skinner's uh, tactics from the very start were right on point. Mm. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, completely. Um, to play a team that is decimated by injuries, and, and, and you know, if you roll the clock back, Coming up almost twelve months ago, United were were in a in the same position. We didn't have any mid attackers or anything like that. So to play a team that is decimated, you have to start off on the front foot, and we did. I thought we were positive. I thought we were positive going forward. There, there was passes that were misplaced. You can accept those, but the majority of the time is we were uh, we were attacking City, and City were in a way kind of pushing at the time, all 11 players behind the ball. But mm-hmm. during that first 30, 35 minutes leading up to the red card, even though it didn't seem a lot happened, a lot happened. There was things, there was players switching sides. There was, so Tooney was playing as a number 10, but she would drop into the number the false nine and, and Lessie would drop back to number 10. And actually there was, there was a hell of a lot happening in, in, in a short space of time. And, I actually think that uh, uh, for the first 30 minutes, the game was kind of, as there was no goals, I think there was a, a, a bit of a, a lull in the crowd because we could sense something was going to happen. It just had to happen. And, and also, you know, Mary Earps, she made, a, she made some good saves during that time, but they the weren't really troubling us. And we, at the time, I think the game was being played mostly in the middle of the park with the odd time it going forward but for the first for the first up until the red card I thought Mark got his tactics spot on yeah I I think that um there were two different tactics I mean obviously there are two different teams but my point is this is that I think both um I think Garrett Taylor played a slightly different tactic than usual um I think that or I mean I was trying you tell me what you think on one hand, I thought that Garrett Taylor actually on offensively was trying to play more forward instead of trying to play too possessive, possession-based. But on the other hand, I think United really pushed them uh, pressing-wise. I mean, they pressed very, yeah. very, very high up the pitch and really forced City at times to abandon trying to play out of the back and push the ball even more forward, which to me actually made it actually a little bit more exciting to watch for the first yeah. 30 minutes. So before the game, Deborah was speaking to Emma, who we mm-hmm. both know, mm-hmm. and Emma was absolutely petrified of what was going to happen that during the game. She was she was terrified. I wouldn't say terrified. She was very anxious about what what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think Gareth Taylor came not to get beat. That's my own opinion. He came not to get beat, and if he could sneak a one 0 win or a two one win, he obviously that would have made his day. But we, as we were pushing them so far back, all they could do was look the ball forward. And that's what they seemed to do. At corners, at set pieces, when they, when they had set pieces, they could only fire the ball, in, ball into Jill Scott. That was their tactic. Mm-hmm. And once you mark Jill Scott out of it, they, they, they didn't really have anything. But once their tactics stopped working, it kind of did make it more exciting because they didn't know what they were doing. There was, there was no game plan. There was no... Plan B of them how to push forward and what to do, um, and and you know watching Bunny Shaw, she was so isolated 
for large majorities of that game. She, I mean, she took it. She got a goal. You know, it, it was it came at. You know, we'll talk about that. But besides her goal, she was so isolated. It was it was unbelievable. She was she was the she was so far forward sometimes, and everyone was so far back that our defenders were just saying, "Well, let her stay there. That she's not going to get and do anything." Um, so yeah, the tactics kind of made it a, a bit more exciting. And then uh, obviously with Gareth Taylor uh, and the position he's in, all he wants to do is make sure he doesn't lose badly. So he was putting as many people behind the ball as possible to stop to stop us. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was certainly a kind of a cat and mouse kind of situation from my vantage point, you know, in, in terms of, you know, who was forcing who, because there were times where when City did push forward, they were able to push forward and make in, and make themselves look apparently dangerous. But then, as typical it has been for City all season long, they either have a difficulty creating a decent chance because of that isolation that you're talking about, where, yeah, they, they were able to push the ball forward. They were more forward in their passes because they were forced into that. But on the other flip side of that, they couldn't create any decent opportunities in the first 35 minutes um, of that. And I think it was Manchester United that was, you know, dictating the play, um, you know, from the very beginning. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I couldn't make out, uh, uh, there were certain points on the, on United's right hand side, uh, especially in the second half where (laughs) honor had, had the, the freedom basically of that whole length of the pitch. And, um, Demi Stokes was 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 passing her, and, and once the ball passed Demi Stokes and everything, we we kind of had more possession based football, and I kind of liked it. We were very we were very confident, and and the fullbacks in Hannah and Honor, who we talk about now almost every week, and Leah and and Kirsty, they had the freedom of the wings because you, again, City kind of played a bit narrow, and because you you're playing. Uh, especially, you know, Georgia Stanway, who who isn't a right back, you know, Demi Stokes in that, you know, it was playing in her in her natural position. They were playing so narrow, so nothing could come in between them. They actually forgot the width. Now, the the one complaint I would have about Saturday, and it is it is my little complaint, is that we were getting so much space out on the width that mm-hmm. we could, when we got a ball into the middle, there was no one there to collect it. Alicia was either started the play and she was running in or she was the person out on the wing herself. Um, so that's my, the, the one downside to Saturday, but yeah, it was a crazy, crazy, crazy game to watch. It was back so, and forth. Yeah, it, it was back and forth. And in many ways, uh, even though city was sort of forced into a lot of situations, actually it was, it's, I felt like it was their they had played their best game overall played their best game that I've seen them play you know this season um but yeah I mean it was there was that kind of tinge of let's we're playing not to get not to lose this match yeah so one of the things I remember you bring up Emma and one of the things I remembered when uh remembered you know, and Emma was our Manchester City women contributor last season. And, and one of the things that she brought up in one of our in one of our shows was that Georgia Stanway, you know, had a, 
she basically said that Georgia Stanway has a tendency to be a little reckless. Um, And, you know, and that that was, and she pointed out that that was one of the things that really needed to, to change was, you know, she has a tendency to be overzealous with her defense and overzealous with her uh, tackling and so forth. And at first, you know, that, um, I don't know what that was in the 35th minute. Uh, what was your vantage point of that? Uh, I don't even know what it was. I can't even, it, it, but what actually happened was, you know, basically very high tackle studs yeah. to the thigh. Yeah. The thigh of, of Leah Galton, straight red, no doubt. Um, yeah. From your vantage point, what did you see? Exactly that. Exactly but that. Yeah, okay. We, we So where we stand at, at Lee, we stand... So if you know where the United dugout is, we stand mm-hmm. direct... Well, we stand a bit behind it and to, to, to the left a bit. Right. So we had a vantage point of it and we saw it. Now, at the time, we saw it. We weren't. We, we the referee blew for a foul. That's that's the, the first thing we said as foul. Mm-hmm. Then most of us we got our phones out. We got onto the BBC iPlayer app on our phones. And we started to watch it. Now, obviously, the referee is now called on the United physios for treatment, so we can now catch up with mm-hmm. the play mm-hmm. to see where it is. Now, once we saw it in in real time, because the iPlayer there's, there's about a thirty second delay, mm-hmm. so. In that time, we caught up. At that time, we saw the tackle, and obviously, word was spreading around our, where we were, and we were saying, "She's got her on the side. She's not even attempted to play the ball." We then started shouting, "Red card!" Now, mm-hmm. in my mind, the referee, I think, had already made her mind up. I think she had a really good view of it, and I think her mind was already made up that it was a red card. Georgia Stanway then and, and Tooney then got into a little pushing and shoving game about it. Now, I. I I don't believe Georgia Stanway meant to make take the tackle the way she did. I, I don't believe that. I think if you're a footballer, you've got to have a little bit of aggression in you. You can't go onto the pitch without aggression because you'll get rolled over. Um, but the referee, it was a massive call for the referee, and the referee made the right call. It was, and you know, throughout this whole podcast, podcast, we'll be talking about the referee. She made one good call in that game, and that was that red card. And it was a deservedly red good red card. Um, it could have been a, a lot worse, that injury, mm-hmm. if it mm-hmm. was lower. It, she could have got her on the kneecap. I, I mean, but she got her on the thigh. So, you know, the thigh, you know, it, it, was, it was probably the best place for that tackle to happen mm-hmm. without being serious injury. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a deserved red card. Um, but I, I also want to say... What happened on social media after that red card, I, I can't condone it, being it from a United fan point of view, being it from any people. You know, she she, she made a tackle, she got her punishment, end of story. She didn't deserve Georgia Stanway. What happened to her next? And I, I won't condone what people were saying on social media about her. She apologised to Leah. She got punished. That's it. As far as I'm concerned, that's it. She, she will now take a couple of game ban. And as far as I'm concerned, it's closed. What happened to Georgia after the game is is out of order, unfortunately. And, and those things are now starting to creep back in. However, like I said, you know, City fans will talk about Georgia Stanway better than me. I, I only ever see her play when she plays against United. I don't, I don't know whether that's in her game or not. But as I said, 
at the very beginning, she's playing out of position. She's playing at right back when she's mm-hmm. a midfielder. And, and, and that, for me, is a midfielder's tackle. A midfielder's make that tackle all the time. And, but she got the punishment. And, um, yeah, as far as I was concerned, it was the right call. It was the only call the referee could have made. Because if the referee hadn't have done that, I don't want to think what might have happened. And, and, I, and I mean that from, from a fan point of view and from a match, what would have happened in the match as well. Absolutely. And, and Georgia Stanway, you know, yes, absolutely. Had to play it right back because of all the injuries in the back line for Manchester City and is a midfielder. And she is a very young player. She's at times, um, she plays a combination of what I would call assertively and aggressively. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's at the wrong time. Uh, you know, sometimes she'll, you know, t- go for a shot that, you know, is just completely outrageous to even try, but she'll do it anyways, that type of thing. And she can be very assertive and very aggressive in there. And as we know, in all aspects of football, there's a time and a place. Um, there are times where she gets overly aggressive. And that was one of those times where, um, you know, it's a clear cut red card, no matter what. And yeah. You know, and it was a very good call, and, and there was I didn't think the the referee made um, um, you know, made any uh, didn't have to think about it too much. Uh, she pretty much knew from what I could see. She pretty much knew what card she reached in her pocket immediately. She knew what yeah. card she was going to go well, for. <laughs> once the once the physios were on the pitch attending to Leah, and obviously we had watched it back on back on our phones or. Uh, we then just looked, and, and there's a guy who stands next to me, but one called Ian. He is, uh, we call him ref because he was a referee. Mm-hmm. And he said, if this is anything but red, then this is wrong. Because he was, he watched it back. And, and, and like you said, the referee, she was assertive. She went straight in, red card, done. Obviously, the city bench are going to complain that it wasn't a red card, but I think. In retrospect, if they, when they've looked back to sit back and sit, they can't make any excuses. It was a, a clear red card. And and I had been I've been speaking a lot when I've been speaking about the poor refereeing. My concern had been, you know, twofold, and we'll get to the first one in a in a moments. But the the other part of it is is when refer, I've seen referees not call fouls when they should, not calling reds when they should not yeah. giving yellow cards when they should and the risk that someone's going to get injured because, you know, referees were just letting play go and, and things getting out of hand. And then you get these high tackles. This was definitive, immediate, boom, red card, gone, done. Yeah. And it was well-deserved and there was no other reasonable option. But if the, it hadn't been a red card straight, then I think the game would have actually completely deteriorated. I mean, it would have just been almost a free-for-all situation. I, I would I would have been very concerned there. Yeah. I don't think Georgia Stanway in any way trying to injure anybody. No. I, I, I do not believe that. And no. uh, it just was a high tackle. It was overly aggressive. She gets a straight red. She gets sent off. She's going to get a, several ma- a couple of match ban. There we go. Um, yeah. And that's it. But yeah. then, as you mentioned, the, the chaos begins on social media. So... You know, and I, I didn't, I'm in the States. I'm, I wasn't really monitoring social media at the time um, of this. So, I mean, was, and then I, I find out later that Georgia Stanway was getting a whole bunch of, uh, of um, social media abuse. And I was like, I had asked, you know, it was, I was asking Kate, who was our Manchester City 
contributor now. And I was asking, well, who's sending this? And she was saying, well, it's, it's United fans. And I said, okay, all right. Because I mean, I thought I, I kind of gave the benefit of the doubt. It could be your own team's fans for all I know. And I was just immediately disturbed by it. I, I mean, it's just like, why are we here again? Yeah, it, it, it seems to be the common, the common uh, element of the game of the whole weekend. Because Georgia Stanway, she got abuse from um, United fans. Some, you know, I, I I didn't read any of them. I don't want to read any of them. I don't want any any part of that. Georgia Stanway's come out. She's apologised. As far, like I said before, as far as I'm concerned, it's done. It's it, it it's finished. City the city game is finished. Georgia Stanway she got a deserved red card, and and that's a bit we everyone agrees on. But then she doesn't deserve what happened next. But it wasn't just Georgia Stanway who gets it. United players were getting it from from United fans, and th- there's a time and a place for these things to happen. And and currently, there isn't a time or a place for it to happen because it's just constant. I get, you know, if people want to say players have had a bad game on social media, I th- there's no problem with that. Freedom of speech, you're entitled to say those things, but don't go out and abuse a player of a club you supposedly support. Don't do it because you don't, you clearly don't support that club because. If you do, you would support the players no matter what. Mm-hmm. Whether they're winning every single game or losing every single game, you would support those players. There is, there is one tweet that uh, absolutely got my back up on, on Saturday night when I saw it. And it's from someone I know. And, you know, and he put out Zellum, Katie Zellum, the club captain of Manchester United. Zellum is a disgrace to football. Now, I don't, you know, this person has said it. Uh, you know, there's nothing, he won't take it down because he, that's his, that's up to him. Mm-hmm. There is no place in it for him to support Manchester United because he clearly doesn't support Manchester United. You know, overall in the game on Saturday, did Katie Zellum have a good game? She didn't have a good game. She didn't have a bad game. She was somewhere in the middle. And I think most people watching the game would see that she was somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Katie is also, for me, and this is my opinion, She's playing a completely new role. She's playing as a defensive now midfielder. She was an attacking midfielder. But Mark sees him more as a defensive player now. And that's what he's doing. And she's played the role maybe three games. Chelsea, we didn't really get to see it because, well, let, let's face facts, Chelsea battered us. Mm-hmm. She played it against Birmingham. And, and as I said last week, I would, I would have been hard pushed to pick a player of the game last Sunday against Birmingham. And she played it on Saturday. But she didn't play great. She didn't play badly. As I said, she was in the middle. But to call her a disgrace to football, it crosses a line. It completely crosses the line. This is a, a person who is a Manchester United player through and through. She joined, she came through the, the RTC, the regional training group, along with Ella Toon and all that. She then went to Liverpool. It didn't work. She went to Juventus. And it was working for her at Juventus. But she came back because United came calling her hometown club, the club she supports. Not not only does she, is she a player, she also supports them. And for her own fan base and people that, I, like I said, I know, to call her a disgrace, that's a disgrace. And and, mm-hmm. and going back to the Georgia Stanway thing, you know, United fans, you know, think it's fine to pick on play. You know, not all United fans, and, and let's just put that out there. It's not every United fan. And it's, 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 it's a group of people who either 
don't go to games and think they're going to be keyboard warriors and and everything else. There's, you know, there's just no place for it. And, and just, you know, I, I don't pay any attention to it. And, I, I, you know, from me to to say I don't, you know, I know every people I've spoken to since the game, they've said it was it's disgusting what they saw. And, and, and I've not read the tweets or the Instagram posts. Or I've just let it be. And actually what I thought was nice is that the ones I did see, City fans were coming out to back Georgia Stanway up. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, on the reverse side for the for the for the people that were putting out about Katie Zellen, no one came to her defence, and I find that that wrong. So, you know, social media is an issue. We've talked about it many times, and I'm sure it won't be the last time we talk about it. But you know, there's no place for it in the game. We're supposed to be toler- we're supposed to be more tolerant, and to go out there and, and abuse players or bully players or whichever you want to go. I just don't like talking about it because it just gives these these idiots the limelight that they so desire and crave they, they crave and desire. Yeah, and I agree with that. And and the I, I really feel like it, it is a very very small, or I would like to think. Let's let me say that I would like to think that it's a very small portion of. A fan, uh, of a quote fan base now and i put it in quotes because I, I i totally agree with you mark i don't believe that these folks are actual true fans they're tr- truly not fans of football they're truly not fans of the club they allegedly support uh and so forth these are thugs basically uh that's all they are and it, it is disgusting uh I don't under I, I understand it from one standpoint. And I don't understand it by another point. Um, but to, for these folks to call themselves fans of the, of the club is downgrading and insulting to real fans of the club, like yourself, Mark. I yeah. mean, and and I, I mean, I, I can't imagine how you're feeling about like these are people that are like we're supposed to be on the same quote side, and these people are are totally you know, uh, in another category, uh, in a very disturbing category, very disgusting category uh, that, you know, but we don't want to give them, but also we don't want to give them any additional power yeah, either. But, you know, if if these people, and, and like I said, there's one of the, the one person put a tweet out that I know, who I, obviously I'm not going to mention. If he would have put out, she's she, she, absolutely awful game today. I would have no issue with that. That's mm-hmm. an opinion. Sure. But when you call someone a disgrace... That goes on to that's bullying in 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 in, mm-hmm. in 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 the in the wider sense of it. That's just bullying someone. And if you want to bully someone, don't do it about to someone that you apparently support mm-hmm. as a role in the club. Now, you might not think she's good enough. That's fine. That's that's their opinion. But whilst they're on the pitch, wearing the kit or the, the red shirt that you apparently support, you support that player. And, you know, there, there was a player in the in under Sir Alex called Anderson. Everyone knows about Anderson. Mm-hmm. He yeah. wasn't popular. He, he was popular within the fan base, but he was also not the world's greatest player. But he never got this level of abuse. Katie Zellen, on Saturday, as I said, she wasn't great. She wasn't poor. She was somewhere in the middle. Now, if people would say that, I would have to take, that's their opinion. I mean, that's fine. But to call someone a disgrace, you won't go into work and go, you're a disgrace at your job because you'll get fired for it. 
these people go on there and, you know, as you just said, and, and I agree, we, we give these people sometimes too much limelight, but the, the message has to get, get out there. At the end of the day, Katie's Ellen, she's a human being. She doesn't, you know, she goes out and she tries her hardest. Now, whether she tries too hard or not hard enough, that's up to other people to decide. But if you support United, you have to support Katie Zellum. If you don't support Katie Zellum, then you don't, you know, then that's a different conversation. But while she's on that pitch, she's not going on the pitch to try her worst. She's trying her best. But mm-hmm. please, you know, for, for me, she's playing, a, as I said, she's playing a new role. You, we're never going to know unless you give her a chance in that role. And these people clearly don't want her to play. Mm-hmm. Now, the question is whether she's better than... Now, the question is, is she's better than Hayley Ladd in that role? That's a completely different question. And that's, that's a reasonable question. That's an appropriate question. That's, yes. that's up for de- for actual debate based on relevant facts and, and yeah. people's viewpoints. But when yeah. you say that someone's a disgrace in anything, you're crossing a, a whole nother set of lines that you know that are there that is is there you know or you're using or if you're making judgments based on things that are totally irrelevant um to the situation you know it's like okay based on what facts what 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 are you going by but you know twitter has a tendency to be like you know because you get 200 some odd characters or whatever you you know you can get you know you have you can make go on some blast but let's move on from this for the sake of time because yeah what I what I was further unhappy with, uh, to be honest, Mark, I think Manchester United should have won this game. Yeah. And I also think if it wasn't for some really poor referee calls, Manchester United would have won this game. And this was a really, for the most part, on this fan stuff aside, this was a great derby that I think, honestly, and, and maybe I, I hope I'm not crossing a line, but this was a great game that was ruined by the referees. And the reason why I say this is, is because I've seen a lot of bad calls this season in the WSL. We can debate all day long about why. But this was a situation where there were at least two instances where a referee's call affected the match in such a way that it affected the result. I really, truly believe that there were two offside calls that were made against United in situations where they were in very good position to score or a strong position to score. Any one of those, both of them were wrong decisions from my standpoint, I've watched those back several times. They're they're not off. Neither of them are offsides. Um, and the um, it affected the result. Yeah, um, I agree. United should have won that game. There is, I mean, I, I'm you know, just take me being a United fan out of out of the equation for a minute, even though it might be very difficult. United should have won that game comfortably. Mm-hmm. The refereeing bit, we're now, I think the last four weeks, we've talked about refereeing decisions and referees how they've influenced the game. It is now getting a little bit beyond silly. Mm-hmm. The referee on Saturday 
was supposed is supposedly one of the better referees in the WSL. Now, if she's one of the better referees, I don't want to know what the worst referee is like because I mean, I I, I just don't want to think about it. However, the one big decision she was asked to make, she got absolutely spot on in the red card to Georgia Stanway. There's no argument. There's no argument with that. However, the offsides, I completely agree with. Now, as we were at the game, we were watching it and we could see it's offside. She's got assistant uh, referees to help. They couldn't see it. At some point, the FA has to take the refereeing the referees in the WSL to a better standard. It, mm-hmm. And I'm sure all your contributors will stay exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I can understand her not giving a foul. I can understand that because you only get a quick glance at it. A quick glimpse at it, sorry. And offside, the assistant lines person, or the assistant referee, sorry, has to be in line with our last defender. Now, there was one in the 46th minute where they flagged a United player offside when every United player was behind the ball. The, right. the, it wasn't even close. And the right. flag went up. And, and the liner was like, offside. And she blew up. Now, I have no issue with her blowing up because that's what her mm-hmm. assistant told her. Mm-hmm. But when even the City players are going... And we could see the city players going. She was on side, right? There, there, there is an mm-hmm. issue now. Yes, I, I, I don't want to. I'm sure you don't, and I know I don't. We want to. Don't want to keep talking about re- refereeing decisions, although it seems it's the it's the popular thing to do. There are better referees in the in the lower leagues of of the of pyramid foot of the men's game than there are currently in the WSL, mm-hmm. and that you know. That's not me being blasé about it. That's fact. Yeah, I, I just, I, yeah, I just, um, I was really upset. I mean, honestly, I'm still upset about it from because I, I, I don't. I mean, yes, did Manchester City score two goals? Did Manchester United score two goals? And end game ends in a draw when it went. But then I keep thinking the game should have not ended in a draw. I mean, it's a it's kind of a joke here in the states, Mark, because because football is not as big in the United States as it is elsewhere, and so people in 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 America, you know, joke about all the time about not understanding the offside rules. Okay, the not understanding what makes someone offside. I've learned enough over the years of watching the watching football and I'm, I'm compared to you I'm fairly new to it okay compared to, to yourself I understand watching live that it was not offside okay mm-hmm. I didn't need a replay to tell me and to me again this was a great spectacle from a neutral perspective from a neutral person's perspective let me take it from that point this was a was a great game. It had everything that you could ask for in a derby. Okay, you ask yeah. for a derby that's highly competitive, intense, aggressive at times, emotional roller coaster, up and down goals. I mean, you know, a uh, little bit of spikiness here and there. You know, I mean, that's what you want. But then the result was a farce to me. Yeah. It was a, it was a complete farce because. 
two clear goal scoring opportunities were taken away. And then you had another call that was, I don't know which, how you feel about the call. And I forget who it was, but I think someone was taken down in the box. It could have been a penalty, you know, which I think would have gone United's way as well. Um, I don't know what you thought about that call, but there were at least two, if not three situations where calls that were to me, two of which were clearly not correct happen. And it took away multiple scoring opportunities for a United side who frankly deserved to win. Yeah. I, look, we deserve to win that game. I, you know, I, it, it'll be interesting when I watch you, when you speak to uh, your city contributor, I want to see from what she says about it. A, a referee's job is to referee a game, not mm-hmm. to referee teams. It's to referee a game. Right. She made right. one big call that she got right, mm-hmm. which we have to say is a massive tick. But then after that, she tried to equal it out in a way and not give United anything. She tried to give everything to City. Now, you know, is that right? That's not for me. The The two offsides were clearly onside, but you can't really blame the referee for that. You can only blame the assistant because they're the one who, who says it's offside or not. Mm-hmm. The referee's job is to referee, and on Saturday, I, I just felt that the, the the occasion, the game may have been possibly too big for her. The penalty decision that you're talking about, and I, and I do it. It was a United penalty. She was she was she was brought down. Now, in hindsight, it, if the referee had a great view of it, she could only give a penalty. If she w- didn't see it clearly enough, then you you understand mm-hmm. her not doing right. it. Right, but that taking aside, you've got to look at the bigger picture, and you look at you know United. United had chances to win. Now the two offsides we would have been clear through, but the new ruling of the offside rule in the men's game is is that you're not offside until you actually touch the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I get that, and that's fine. But she was the referee was blowing for the offside before we were even anywhere near the ball, so. How can you class that as an offside when we're not offside yet? If we would have gone on to be offside, I would have gone, you know what, accept the rule, it's done. But on Saturday, the referee wasn't doing that. And and yeah. I, I, I was just, we were getting more and more bamboozled. And, you know, to, to, to you know, there was there was an element where we were saying, are we playing 11 players, 12 players? You, you know, what are we doing here? Because the referee is clearly... Showing, I don't want to say a bias, but she's clearly not playing the game that's in front of her. Yeah, and I mean, right. And I'm familiar with that rule as well, where, I mean, and that's what made me so, Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely on point with that. I, I really agree with that because I'm like, wait a minute, hold on a second. Hold on. <laughs> wait, wait, the player didn't even get the chance to play the yeah. ball. I mean, what, what, what's happening here? Yeah. I just, it was, it, it was farcical to me. And, and it was really sad because, uh, it, I believe for the most part, it was a very well-played match. It, it was competitive. It was, like I said, it was entertaining. Yeah. That's what, you know, I mean, it, for a neutral person, this was an entertaining match, but then it was just, you know, sadly laughable with the, you know, with the, with the calls. And so the result seems to me like, yeah, that's not the result that it should have happened. The wrong, the, I mean, I'm glad I'm in a, in a sense, I'm glad United didn't end up losing this because yeah. I mean, but which could have been the case, uh, yeah. the, the way it played out. But uh, it, it's just 
I mean, I, I just... I, I always feel when you come out of a football game and you're talking more about the referee than the actual game, you know the game's where the game's gone. Right. We're in, um, in a, right. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure when you speak to your City contributors during the week, they'll be, you know what, a draw's a great result. We were, we're happy with a draw. Whereas I'm on the other side to that, and I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I'm unhappy that we didn't win it. I'm unhappy right. that, I'm unhappy that, unfortunately, you, you know, we didn't also, let's also be honest, we, we didn't win it. And those two offsides, we might score, we might not, we, we'll never know. But we also didn't really tr- create a heck of a lot, mm-hmm. you know, considering that their back four is, is, is decimated. However, th- that being said, we, we still had the, the opportunities to do it. It's just that we didn't take them. The, the, when you talk about a referee, you, you want to talk about the integrity of the game, and, and you want to you want to get these referees to get better. The, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the FA want to grow the Super League. They want to grow it into this into the best women's league in the world. Now, is that going to happen currently? I, my own opinion, it's not because the infrastructure is wrong. The refereeing standard is wrong. You know. You have some, you know, Rebecca Welch, who was a referee on Saturday. As I said, she's supposed to be one of the better women's referees, but she was making so many bad calls on Saturday. You don't want to know. You don't want to know what the worst referee is like in the WSL because you can only expect it to be Bedlam. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, my, I've always said, I've always suggested that there'll be, there should be in the ground, and I know sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. There should always be a ref- an ex-referee who can watch the game uh, as we do and then mm-hmm. speak to the referees and go, that was wrong, but you mm-hmm. can learn from that to do this. Right. The only way you get better at things is by learning from your mistakes. It's right. just that currently in, in, in the WSL, the amount of refereeing decisions that are being are leading to mis- you know, is, is awful. And, and these referees, are, we all want them to get better. We all want them to have such a high standard. You, you know, you look at the England Andorra game on Saturday. You had the first ever women, uh, f- women officiating mm-hmm. a men's international. That's what you want to get to. But currently mm-hmm. in the WSL, I don't think you're going to get that with the standard of referees. And it's a shame because for a neutral, it probably made the game exciting. But for the City fans, it kind of was, you know what, it, it's a good result. But for United fans, it was just, again, not a free kick, not an offside, mm-hmm. and just blowing up. But you can't always blame the referee. You've also got to blame the club, the team. Mm-hmm. And, and as I said, United, they had chances. They just didn't take them. And But the refereeing bit was, it, it was, yeah, it wasn't great. So let's talk about it. So, yeah. Just, but, the one thing that I would say though is that if you watch if you you watch the game, so you heard uh, Rachel Brown finish mm-hmm. on commentary, yep. and she was saying exactly the same that we've just said: the the officiating and the refereeing is abysmal. This is an ex-player who is held in very high esteem mm-hmm. by the Football Association. Yep. If they don't listen to her, then with all due respect, they're not going to listen to me, and they're probably not going to listen to you. Listen to the ex-pros. Listen to what they're saying because they're the ones who know what this league needs. And until you start listening to to pre- ex-players pre- who've played in the league, the re- it's not going to change. So listen to them and change it. 
So, yeah, absolutely. And and uh, I don't know if you know this, Mark, but KR, Manchester City women uh, contributor, she also is a trained referee. Right. So we'll see what her take is on those calls and, yeah. and, and which which shade of glasses that she ends up putting on with with that as well uh, on, at the same time. And, and uh, I'm sure she'll she'll be ob- be objective. But uh, let's get to the play to, to some of the, the chances that were taken. So. Lucy Staniforth is um, is brought in um, for Kirsty Hansen in the 67th minute. What you know? What Mark? Let me let me let me rewind. What happened to the defense after the red card? Did it, did did United just turn off mentally? Yeah. What what I think, happened? I think they, they turned off for a split second. Uh, so next, so stood next to me was my niece, um, yeah. and I said to her. It's now going to be tougher for United to score playing against 10 than it is 11. And, and my niece turned to me and she said, why? And as I was explaining it to a City score, and I went, that's why. Mm-hmm. Because United now have the upper hand mm-hmm. and they think they're now going to steamroller the 10 players. And actually, most people you will speak to, they'll always say, it's harder to play less 10 players than it is 11. Because... City then just go very compact and everyone is is behind the ball, like we spoke about earlier. They turned off for a, a, a split second. Uh, it was that simple. It was a, a mm-hmm. momentary lapse. And, you know, in a way, it was kind of right. I kind of liked, I kind of liked that it happened because mm-hmm. it, it then gave United to play out the the rest of the second the the rest of the second half attacking City we could see what the what we were made of um yeah a momentary lapse it it happens it happens in football you it, it, one of the things that you always hear from people is you got to stay switched on for ninety minutes mm-hmm. I don't think you can I, I I don't think you can stay switched on for ninety minutes and sometimes you will just switch off unfortunately we switched off at, as soon as they went down to ten. But then yeah. I think it showed the spirit of the team, the way we came back. Absolutely. I mean, and, and you know, I was like, you know, when, uh, you know, when they were setting up for the, when they were setting up for the free kick, the free kick that led to the city goal, I was like, who's the one player you really absolutely make, need to make sure that you mark, uh, you know, you know, in the box, you know, whoever the tallest player is. Um, and guess which player was not marked properly in the box and was the person that they floated the ball to. Um, I mean, but yeah, I mean, headers are a little bit low percentage shots, but when you give someone that amount of space, uh, and that amount of time, you know, it's, it was really poor setup there. And again, you know, a set piece situation that goes awry, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. It was, uh, United was really energized after that. They switched mm. back on again um, and so forth. And it became a sort of a back and forth because, you know, city went from a, a, you know, a possession, you know, sometimes attack strategy to we're going to play counter and we're going to put everyone back and, you know, try to defend this, you know, one person down. So Staniforth was, was subbed off. I mean, subbed in, sorry for Kirsty Hansen, the 67th minute as i yeah. as i mentioned what what did you think of that of that well in hindsight i know probably what you think about that sub but at the time what did you think about that that change so, so as i said it it's harder to play 10 than it is 11 mm-hmm. 
Right. And I, I just think City were playing so narrow. We were getting a lot of um a lot of spaces out on 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 the on the the flanks, so to speak. Kirsty Hansen was, was really good. And I, I think you look sometimes you look for inspiration to come mm-hmm. and, and, and Lucy Stan she she changes she, the way she plays. I mean, you know, a year ago, she wasn't in the starting eleven. She was nowhere near the starting eleven. She was on the bench, and then she picked up a, an injury here and there. Now, she's in the match day squad, and she's usually starting or she's coming on and she's influencing influencing the game. You looked at for me, it was the right decision. I, I'm not sure whether I would have taken off. Kirsty, mm-hmm. but the manager's obviously looking and seeing if she's tiring or not. But yeah, definitely the right time to bring her on, uh, and it was the right call. The, the, Maybe for a different player, I, I'm not sure, but it was the right call, definitely. But again, once we did bring her on, players swapped position, so Tooney went out to the right. So mm-hmm. um, Demi Stokes then had a different opposition in 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 in, in Tooney. Lucy Stan and, and and Jackie were then getting further forward, yep. um, and 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 Katie Zellen was mopping up. Um, so it was the right time, right player. That's up to up to interpretation. So I'm not a big fan of short corners, um, you know. And, st- and it was this was a corner kick, right? If I if I yeah. remember correctly, I'm not yeah. a big fan of short corners uh, and so forth. But but when it works. It works. <laughs> it works. Yeah. So Blundell, you know, he takes the quarter, does a short pass to Ella Toon, who who perfectly crosses the ball in, and Lucy Stanford hits it with a back heel from yeah. three yards. Yeah. Um, no one's going to stop that. No. Um, that's I and I was like, is that luck or skill or both? I don't know, but it still counted as a goal, yeah. Nonetheless, uh, right? It doesn't. It, it doesn't matter where it goes to. It doesn't matter where it, where it comes off. As long as it ends up in the back of the net, it's right. It's, it's fine. Yeah, uh, and I was like, but that you know, but that goal evens the getting the match out. It's one yeah. one at this point, and then it's on. I mean, it's like. Yeah super on for the next 20 minutes of of you know just controlled chaos at that point uh and then elisa russo i mean and you know she gets an gets the next goal a few minutes later talk about uh talk about what led up to that goal uh, uh, alessia on saturday was brilliant mm-hmm. she's 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 got Everything that most people like in a centre forward or a striker. She's quick. She's strong. And she was holding off and she ran through the city defence like they weren't really there. She wasn't, she was, they, they put a couple of tackles on her, but she jumped over them. Yeah. The shot wasn't the strongest shot either. And, you know, it's not very often I'll, I'll say something like this, but I think the goalkeeper should have saved it. It wasn't the strongest hit shot it, it was kind of a, a a weak shot and I just don't think the, the goalkeeper expected it but you know it goes in um I, I I think there's a lot of United fans out there who pin a lot of where we're going on players like Alessia Russo and I I understand why she's to me if I was to um put it next to a, a a United centre. I would put it next to someone like Mark Hughes, 
strong, who is who is who who is, and I, I, I just think that's where she is. And a lot of United fans have pinned the hopes on her. And two goals, two games. You know, you can't ask for more than that from 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 your striker. Um, mm-hmm. And at two one, I was saying, right, you we're at them now. Come on, let's go. Don't concede. Big ten minutes to go, and let's just go for it. And then obviously we get hit with a sucker punch again. But was it that much of a sucker punch? And what I mean by that is, is that, so, Jess Park takes a crazy, wild shot. And Mary Earps makes an incredible save. Yeah. And this is where I was like, I, you know how I feel about luck. You know how I feel about it. You make your own luck. So Jess Park smashes, you know, smashes it. Mary Earps gets a hand, a hand, finger. I don't know what she got on it, but she got enough of it to hit it just enough to hit the post. Yeah. And then it goes down. Yeah. Um, Ellen White is the ultimate of poachers. Yeah. She sees it, takes the opportunity, and is the first one to the ball. Um, So half volley, four yards out, you know, but – I don't know. How did you feel about that when that went down, man? Um, I was, I was annoyed. There's no yeah, way I mean, because you from I think you come. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm going to only look at it through mm-hmm. United. Of course, Army. of course. From, from the minute that second half started, we were a different team, mm-hmm. and I think we should have been by that way by that point. Out of sight of City, so it wouldn't have made a difference about that goal. However, we weren't, and as I said earlier, we we weren't taking our chances. We weren't taking them. There was there was opportunities where where we could have shot or, or whatever, and that's why I called it a sucker punch because City we should have been out of sight. Yet City got that second goal. Um, how I was annoyed with it. Um, however. You know, you make your own look, and, and Ellen White was in the right position, right place, right time to put it in from four yards. But Mary Earps, great save. She's made some great saves throughout the game. And, you know, sometimes those things happen. But my first reaction was annoyance. I then thought, well, you know what? There's still 11 minutes to go. Just go. Let's go at them again. And, let, you know, the game could have finished you know, 5-2, 6-2, whatever. And I still thought there was enough time. Mm-hmm. And then the game just... I, I don't know what it was. After 62nd goal, the game just slowed. The pace had gone. And I, I don't know why. Um, but even though when the game had slowed down, we still had chances. It, it, was, one, it was just one of those games. I mean, from my vantage point, there were still chances. They weren't the best of chances. They weren't, the opportunities were, they were there, but they weren't really excellent opportunities and so forth. Um, you know, and the game ends in a, a and we, we've gone on about it, but, you know, it ends in a, in, in a draw. And, and I feel like a lot of time, most of the time when you have a draw, there's one side that feels like, whew, yeah, oh, wipe the sweat off. We got away with it. You know, we probably should have lost this. And and uh, you know, there's relief and and uh, you know, we feel like we won even though we drew. 
And I think that's how city feels. I think that if I, when I talk to Kate tomorrow, um, by the way, everyone will be on with Kate tomorrow. Um, I think that's, I'm guessing that's probably how she, she feels about it. That it was one of those draws. that feels like a win, uh, getting a late goal at the end and all that, uh, down, down one person. I mean, all of that shapes up to that. And I think on the United side, it was like, it felt like a loss because yeah. it is a game that should have been won. I mean, and, and I thought for a moment that, you know, my two, one scoreline prediction of United winning was going to be the it. Um, but that lasted not very long, obviously, but this is why I don't bet on football. Um, so <laughs> you get situations like that. Um, so it, it must've felt like, um, it must've felt like in a way a loss, even though it was a draw. Yeah. The, everywhere we, the people we were with, the SC, there was some dejection about it. There was, mm-hmm. there was, there was, and understandably so. Um, but I think a lot of the annoyance on 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 Saturday was aimed at, and we talked about it in length about about the referee, right? The refereeing standard. Um, that being said, we should have won. You've you said the same. Mm-hmm. I'm sure when you speak to to Kate, she'll say, "No, no, I was happy with the draw. A draw is a great result for us, and, and I'm, I'm sure that's their, that's how they see it. From from me, um, a, a draw flatters City from a United point of view because I, I, I didn't, you know, Bunny Shaw was isolated for most of the game until she was subbed off. Obviously, the, they've got a, a massive injury list, mm-hmm. and you know, City." Are going to have their work cut out to to re to get back into the top half of the table to to the top three. I think this season City are going to struggle, and I think as a United fan, my, my, I get a little bit of a smile on my face when I say that City are going to struggle to get into the top three. Um, results yesterday, you know, at Tottenham losing, mm-hmm. you know, you expect Arsenal to beat Everton, uh, and you expect Chelsea to beat. Um, Oh, who who were they? Oh, Chelsea were playing Leicester, weren't they? Mm-hmm. The team that everyone said was going to finish fourth. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you expect those two teams to beat those two, and, and Tottenham are now closer to to us than we were to them a couple of a game mm-hmm. ago. Yep. And as luck would have it, who do we play when we come back from the international break? Tottenham. Tottenham. And that, and that game there is that game there is the swing into third or or wherever, mm-hmm. and and. Now you're seeing the now the games are going to be coming thick and fast. Yeah, we go. Mm-hmm. We've got Conti Cup game on Thursday. We then go into an international break, and then we play Spurs. And that game now is for me Mark Skinner's biggest game. We beat Spurs. We go third, or we get mm-hmm. close to third. I think. Um, but no, you you get third. You get third. Yeah, you so get third. Now, so now we have to play Spurs away, mm-hmm. and 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 now the now the league now I always like football coming into the the, the holiday period because mm-hmm. you get games coming thick and fast. Right. So we play like I said, we play Thursday. We then off into an international break. First game back, Spurs away. Spurs have been you know they've lost one game this season. Let's see. Let's put the two of us against each other and see. We beat Spurs. We go third. The, the top four now is completely different to the way it was five weeks ago. 
You know, and I look at the table and, you know, as you just mentioned, Arsenal, you know, Arsenal won. They, you know, they beat Everton at the end of the, at the, end of the day fairly easily. Uh, they're at the top. They're alone at the top for the moment. They have not, you know, they are perfect at five, five wins on five. You know, and then you have Chelsea expectedly right up there with 12 points. They beat uh, Leicester. It took a, a moment to, for that to happen. Um, and then Tottenham loses their first game. But who do they lose to? They lost to Brighton, who's right behind United, too. Yeah. And I look and see, you know, United is in a very good position at, in fourth. Um, they're at 10 points after five games. Um I'm guessing you're fairly okay with 10 points after five games, given the schedule, Um, you know, given the fact you played city once played Chelsea once, and you have 10 points out of five Tottenham has become huge and we'll see what Tottenham is all about. I mean, they're losing the Brighton, but Brighton's a pretty good side too. Um, They're right there in fifth and you got West Ham kind of a bigger tough side too. There are a lot of tough opponents and then you get the Manchester city at ninth. Um, you know, and they got a hill, I mean, a massive hill to climb, only getting one point out of a United match where they would probably typically feel like they would win, you know, probably in some sense, you're like, yikes, but um, it probably saved Gareth for the moment. Um, yeah. But they're, you know, they're eight points back from, you know, a Champions League slot right now. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, that is a distance and we're almost a quarter into the season, you know, sitting at the bottom, you got, you have, um, Reading and Birmingham city and <clears throat> Leicester. Um, so, um, Leicester fans, please, someone, so, someone call me, uh, someone, someone talk to me, please. Um, but, um, so you have a Conti cup coming up, um, yes. and who's the opponent again in that match? Durham, Durham on Thursday nights. Now, o'clock. for those you do not know, I sent out a tweet earlier today, um, which showed the table of the championship, and Durham is actually on the top of the table in the championship. Um, Mark, do you know anything about Durham and what they offer besides what I just mentioned? Yeah. So, uh, in we when we were in the championship three years ago, Durham were in the championship, and Durham beat us. Beat United. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a, they're a, they're a, they're a good team. It's going to be it's going to be um, a, a difficult game. I think there's going to be a lot of changes on Thursday night. The, you know, I think Sophie Bagley is going to start in goal. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised. I think Vildebel Risa is going to play. I would expect Hayley Ladd's going to play. Probably you might get a Martha Harris starting as well at, at, in a fullback. I think. We're pretty set with our central defenders. So I think maybe Kirsty Smith might come in. So I think you're going to see a lot of changes. However, we can't take this game lightly. You know, we want, if you ask United fans what they want this season, they want top three and a cup run, or maybe top four and a cup run. Um, we've always done really well in the Conti Cup. We've got a tough group. Mm-hmm. There's no kidding. There's no. Yeah. Durham away, we've got and Everton away, and then we've played Leicester at home and City at home in the Conti Cup. Um, so the Conti Cup is a, is a group competition. Top mm-hmm. one goes through. It's going to be a tough game, it, but you know, it, it's a Championship team playing a WSL team, and I still think even with maybe changing five, six players, I still think we have enough to beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Yeah, and there's and then the international um, break happens, and then yeah. um, then Tottenham. So 
Um, yeah, but it's, I, it's a long international break. It's four weeks between WSL right. games. Right. Yeah. So I don't know what we're going to do in, in during the four <laughs> weeks, <laughs> to be honest. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. May take a little bit of a break ourselves, maybe, um, and so forth. But um, but yeah, I, I mean, I I expect uh, United, regardless of the lineup, to go uh, to beat um, a championship side. But you know, they got a Durham's got to be pretty good. And yeah. last time I saw um, saw a um, United play a championship side, they didn't win. No. Um, so I mean. Granted, they had already been promoted, but my point is they weren't a WSL side at that moment. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Now, in terms of, uh, I know you, I'm guessing you're going to be going to the game in person, right? Yeah. Now, as far as, is this a game that's going to be shown on MUTV or, or do you know anything about how this game is going to be televised so, or anything so, like that? Yeah. So the FA, I'll start with the, the, the bad bit and I'll get to the good bit. The FA... Okay. It's the FA Continentals Tyres Cup. Right, right. So it's a, it's an FA, it's like the FA Cup. The mm-hmm. FA, though, don't show these games for whatever reason. They're not on the FA player. They're right. On, they're not on anything. Um, I, well, the game is being shown live on MUTV. MU, the, there is a stupid rule that the FA have that, t- so MU, so in-house TV channel, so like, United uh, MUTV, Arsenal. I think they have their own mm-hmm. yep. TV channel. You can't show. Um, you can only show three league games per year live on your channel. It's an FA thing. It's a ruling. Mm-hmm. However, it doesn't. It it doesn't mean so. However, it, you can show as many cup games as you want. So all the Conti Cup games, I believe are going to be shown live on MUTV. However, that's up to scheduling and where the men are up to as well, because right. whether, right. unfortunately, yeah. the men's team will take priority in that. Right. You know, that's yeah, the way hoping that since it is a Thursday night match, that it is might live. not be in, it's, you it, know, so. It, it, it is live. It is live on MUTV, okay. 7 o'clock. UK now, MUTV, so. just for those of you who do not know, is the is the United, um, you know, sort of subscriber thing. And, and you can subscribe to it in the United States, um, you know, through any of the streaming services. It is a subscription service, so you do have to pay for it. But on uh, most United fans, or a good number of United fans in the States, uh, subscribe to MUTV because that's really a good way to keep up with the teams uh, there. But uh, it is on available streaming um, on all the streaming services. Um, you know, like Roku and Apple TV, et cetera, et cetera, in the States. So, um, and, or also online on your PC as well. Um, so that is a way to, to watch some of these um, games are not typically that you would be able to find on the FA player, which I do not know why, because it is an FA event. Um, the FA is weird. I think, I think Mark, <laughs> I just came down to the, I, they just have these weird rules for things that don't, that seem to not make much sense, but for some reason it seems to make sense to them, I think. So, yeah, it, the Conti Cup is is very much like the Carabao Cup. It's, yeah, exactly. It's like, right. It, you know, it's it's the poor relation to the FA Cup. <laughs> I think that's the best way of putting it. <laughs> However, it's still a cup competition. And, and even though, like I said, it's the poor relation, the Carabao Cup games are shown, you know, on Sky Sports here. Yeah, right. And the FA Cup is shown across BT Sport here and the BBC. Now, under the new broadcast part deal the carabao cup isn't part of the deal 
Mm. And I don't, I, I'm not even sure about the FA Cup. I don't even know who's showing the FA Cup games this year. So, in the meantime, United are, are picking up the slack as usual. Mm-hmm. And they're showing Thursday's game with all the other games to, to, be, to be confirmed. Um, as for the FA, it's the FA. They make their own rules as they go along. And, and as fans, we just kind of go, yeah, okay. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it. I mean, it, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, I half the time don't understand what the FA does. But, um, and I, I think, that, you know, I think they sit around in a room. Uh, it, it, they got to either be drinking something or smoking something or something like that. They sit around a room and, and they think about, yeah, so, what, what's so, the, what's the strange, what, what would it be something the fans would really, really just, giggle about okay, i think so, they just do these things for giggles i'll, I'll give you i'll give you the example i'll give you the example then if you want to giggle about i'll give you the giggle example this year's concert cup originally united were drawn in a group of three mm-hmm. with durham leicester and everton mm-hmm. city weren't drawn because at the time city were drawn into the champions league they were still in the champions league right so what would have happened there yeah and this is an fa thing is is that united would have played durham leicester and everton city mm-hmm would have got a bye into the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. They haven't played a game and they're getting a complete bye. They're missing out all the group. And they, if they were qualified for the Champions League, they would have got a bye all the way through to, to the to the to the quarterfinals of the of the, the Conti Cup. Now what how's that fair? United would have played three three games together they would have played Durham, Everton and Leicester hopefully to get into that stage where City would have played that and -hmm. still got there. And the FA have gone, yeah, that seems fair. I'm sure the fans would be completely happy with that. Now, I'm sure the City fans... They're completely happy with that. They're completely happy with that because they're in the Champions League and they're also into the final stages of the Carabao Cup. However, everyone else is going, how, where's that, how, what, how, why? Where do you go for that? How do you, you know... Everyone's still going, scratching their heads and going, is is that sporting based or or mm. is it what? And there's no explanation, and that's what the FA do. And you know, you can sit there, and I agree with you. I think whatever they're drinking, I'd like to go down to their offices and have a little bit of a bit of it because they come up with some cracking ideas. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. It, it's some really interesting ideas that 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 you know. I think. Um, they're drinking something, smoking something, throwing stuff on dartboards, things like that. It's it's interesting. Like, it's, yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, they have their reasons. That's all we know. All <laughs> right, Mark. Thank you so much for uh, to being able to to debrief and vent and whatever in this last hour plus um, and so yeah. forth. So. Um, if you are watching this video, please smash a like, hit a subscription, hit the subscribe button. Uh, if you don't want to see our beautiful faces, then you can listen to the podcast and and you can just listen to us vent. Um, also, it's on all podcast platforms uh, as well. So thank you, Mark, for joining us today. Hey, you're welcome, Keith. Thanks for having me. 
All right, we are done for today. Tomorrow we will have uh, Kate, who will give you the other side of the Manchester Derby viewpoint. I wonder what she's going to say. Is Gareth Taylor still out in her mind? I'm probably guessing he probably is. Um, And get her thoughts on the referee calls from her perspective and so forth. We'll see. Um, Looking forward to that. We'll have Rob on either tomorrow or Wednesday. I'm not sure which at this point. Talk about Chelsea in there. Interesting game against Leicester City, but it's coming out Chelsea's favor in the end. Um, And then uh, I will probably do the Arsenal show by myself. So, um, and uh, well, that'll be later on the week. So, until then, please take care of yourselves. Have a good Monday. We'll see you tomorrow. Uh, take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. And we're out. <laughs>